All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Deacon Hoover Radio Network. As always, my name is Adam, unless I get it legally changed. But with me is the man, the myth, the deacon of real estate, Alex Deacon. Alex, what's up, brother? Alex Deacon here. What's up? Alex Deacon over here. What's up? What's up? Um, so, Alex, as we're having fun tuning back into some old memories today yes. as we keep going back, um, what, what did you what did you want to talk about today, good sir? <clears throat> what's up? What's you remember that? that commercial? I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Love that commercial. What would you like to talk about today? I would like to I would like to go back to my roots. Talked about talk about riches and niches, bitches. Ooh, riches, like riches and niches. Okay. Investment. Actually, a, a woman who works for me, Bonnie, came up with that, and I like this so much. Riches, not the bitches part, but the riches and niches. <laughs> Investment strategies, and we do a whole uh, two hour session on this, but we're going to squeeze in 10 minutes or so about riches and niches. Sounds good. So talk to me about it. Talk to me about what riches and niches, the, what, what kind of investment strategy this say is. Say it like a homie. Say it. Riches and niches. <laughs> You're so white. I'm still You're horribly. So, don't horribly. ever do that again. Never. Okay. So riches, whoa, riches and niches. <laughs> okay. We're going to do some riches and niches. There are so many niches in real estate, right? You can do anything from... Uh, wholesaling, which is buying something, not even ever taking ownership of it, just getting it under contract and selling it for, or assigning that contract to someone else. That could be your whole investment strategy. In, out, I'm not even taking ownership of anything. You can be into buying shopping malls, building condos, doing developments, buy and hold land banking, like buying and holding land and, and hoping it's going to appreciate. So many different niches. I'm going to talk about the niches that I know the best. That I know the most of, and just to let you know, I only do a few of these. So, again, it's probably best you focus and do just one niche. But if you want to do a couple, sometimes they do cross paths and they do cross over. Okay. The first one that most people can understand is very simple: is a buy and hold long-term strategy, right? So there's a buy and hold short-term strategy and a long-term. Long-term is real simple. First of all, you must remember this. Long-term strategy is typically tomorrow money. You're not going to see that money today, or not even tomorrow. You're going to see it like years down the road. That's long-term. You buy the property, you manage it, you rent it, you watch over it just like a baby. You got to take care of that, and that kid grows up to be a teenager, and and then at some point you send them out on their own, and they they flourish, and that's what your investment's going to do. But it's a long time between. The time they're born till the time they're out of the house and you know, fending for themselves. That's a long-term strategy. Short-term is you can have a short-term rental strategy also. Uh, long-term might be 10 to 20 years, could be 30 years, could be long. Long-term for someone could be five to 10 years. Okay. Short-term would be, in my opinion, like one to four, one to five years. So you're going to buy something on short-term, just because right now it's a good deal. You don't want to buy and hold it all that long because maybe in that particular market you see some indicators that are going to cause the market to go down. And how do you know that? It's it's almost impossible. But I'm just saying you have like a short-term strategy thinking that I want to get in and out of this because I just don't know. I don't like the way the mark. I don't like the way the neighborhood's trending. You know, so I'm going to get into this. I'm going to get it rented as as much as possible. And then I'm going to sell it at the highest dollar amount and get out. Okay, a long-term strategy would be in 
an area that you see trending way upward okay and sometimes that doesn't happen in one or two years sometimes that takes five to ten to fifteen years so long-term strategy would be in, in a case like that where you buy something for fifty thousand dollars and in five years you're hoping it's going to be worth two hundred fifty thousand dollars or ten years two hundred fifty thousand dollars way faster than the average appreciation is in real estate in the Pittsburgh area and the long-term buy and hold strategies are typically in areas like that or they're in areas that are really stable good school districts high average household income those areas most likely are not going to be going down in value they're typically always going to increase in value be very stable but those take a long time to get your return on them they're they're low maintenance they're low management because you're getting a kind of a better clientele with a higher average household income but you're not going to see that return on investment for a long time gotcha okay so those are a couple different niches. We talked about wholesaling, which is just your in and out, right? You're making now money. Like that is legitimately now money. Like you can get something under contract for $20,000, already have a guy in line who wants to buy it for twenty-five. dollars You assign the contract to that person. You make $5,000. You don't own the property. You're done in 30 days over, okay? Uh, obviously, everybody's heard the term flipping properties. That's where you buy something, rehab it typically. The uglier and smellier and dirtier that is, the more money you can typically make. Like, I'll never forget this. I take, every once in a while, my mom goes with me. She's 88. She likes to get out of the house. So I take her on these little excursions. Because <laughs> she's just bored. She's like, she's excited that I'm, you know, I want to spend time with her. So I just, you know, we, we go for a ride and we look at some of the projects I got going on. So we drive by one the other day and this house was nasty. She didn't want to get out of the car. She's like, ew, that is, I can't believe you paid money for that. I'm like, mom, I'm probably going to make the most money on that house. And that's the way it is. You're going to make money on the ones that are the ugliest, smelliest, dirtiest, nastiest. But it's also going to take a lot more time and effort, a lot more knowledge, skill, management of the project, so on and so forth. But flipping is another niche. So flipping is kind of now money also. Okay. You're going to buy something in three months, you're going to have it rehabbed. Another three months, it's going to be sold. That's now money. Now on that now money, remember what you're paying in taxes on that now money. Typically, after you do so many flips, you're considered what they call a dealer I'm talking about the IRS. Consider you a dealer, uh, okay. not a drug dealer, but you're a dealer <laughs> of properties, and That's you are we'll get paying. Iced tea in here. Yeah, you don't like tea and bitches and niches. So you're paying regular income on that. That income. That's not real estate rental income because rental income is is taxed differently. It's taxed as passive income, and that's why we talked about having good team members and having your CPA help you understand this. So you're getting tax differently on flip money than you are on long-term rental money. So typically what happens in the industry is you, you flip a couple, then you buy a long-term buy and hold. You know, that's what you see a lot of. Some people some people just flip. They don't want anything else to do with They don't want to have the buy and holds. But typically that's what I do. I, I'll flip some properties and we keep some properties. Sometimes long-term, sometimes short-term. And sometimes a long-term strategy turns into a short-term strategy because you have something that you wanted to hold on for 20 years, but uh, something comes up in your finances and you could really use that equity and you know the market's hot right now. Okay, let me sell that one, take all the equity I have in it, and let me move it over to this area because I think I can make even more money over here. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Now, after just listening to me 
ramble on about riches and niches. Does that bring up any questions for you? Or does that bring up any points that you want to ask? Is there one way now that, and this is obviously going to be, everyone I, I think is going to probably have their own opinion on this, but is there one that you prefer over the other? Or do you think that this is something where you kind of have to have a mixed bag? You kind of have to have a little bit of tomorrow money, a little bit of now money, a little bit of short-term strategies. Like, is it is it better to be a little bit more diversified in your portfolio? Or is it, you know, is it on a, on a per-investor basis? Mm, that is a good question. You, If you ask probably five successful real estate investors, they'd probably tell you, everybody would tell you something different. Okay. Um, that's yes, why I bring yes, those questions yeah, up. No, that's a good, it's a great question. And what when I'm like talking to you and, and we're conversing about these strategies and all these other topics we talk about, this is just what from my experience. Yep. That's why, you, you know, you really should listen to you know, other sessions and read different books and get to learn all the different ways to be successful in this type of business. Some folks will tell you just to focus and I know you can't go wrong by doing that. So focus, whatever your business model is, if it's just flipping, become super, super good at it and don't do anything else. Okay? So you can find a way to take that money and shelter it. You can shelter that money. You don't have to shelter it through real estate. I'm talking about shelter from Uncle Sam's taking right, all of it. Right. You can shelter it by investing in, you know, you could buy real estate in what's called a self-directed IRA. So you could buy real estate in an IRA not pay any tax on that gain. It just keeps rolling over just like an IRA does. So you pay no income tax on your retirement account. Oh, wow. There are certain limitations and such, and it's not that easier said than done, but it's done all the time. So you don't have to shelter. You don't have to flip properties and own long-term buy and hold. You can flip properties and shelter through uh, uh, through life insurance and through SCRAs. I'm sure there's a bunch of other ways you can do it. Interesting. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, land banking and it's, it's, land banking can be very dangerous, and you have to have typically some big pockets to do that. Not necessarily, you don't have to be like, you know, uh, super, super wealthy, rich to do this. But there's a couple different ways to land bank. So I could buy probably 20 lots in an area part of Pittsburgh for $500 a lot. Okay, so so what? So what am I going to get for that? I'm going to get a lot worth 500 bucks. It's probably not even worth 500. Who wants to buy it? Right. The neighbor would would be a good buyer, right? Mm-hmm. So let, let me sell to the neighbor. Well, if it's such a depressed area, those neighbors don't even have 500 bucks. They right. don't have 50 bucks. Right. So you can go ahead out and buy 20 lots, but just remember you're going to pay taxes on those 20 lots. If you if you buy 20 lots that are $500 each, that's $10,000. You have to out, you outlay you're going to pay taxes on that property every year, even though it might not be much. And you're going to potentially have to have that maintained and grass cut because you will get fined from certain municipalities because the yeah. grass is high. Yeah. So, And plus you have the uh, someone could slip and fall or something like that. You know, have to have insurance at some point, some sort of umbrella coverage. So, And some, some people will land bank, and I think it's a good thing to do, but you have to understand the risk involved with land banking. And some people who have really deep pockets will buy, you know, 5,000 acres somewhere and they'll sit on it because they maybe they see the gas and oil industry coming to that area or something like that. Something to maybe 5, 10 So land banking is not something that I would recommend someone to get started in doing that. It's too speculative. There's more risk. Okay. Um, 
I always get asked about what's the difference or what's the ad advantage of multifamily versus single family. Well, multifamily is you're getting more properties under one roof typically, right? Mm -hmm. So it's real easy to figure this one out. In most cases, it's better to buy multifamilies than single families because you have one roof. You typically have one foundation. You have one main sewer line. For single families, you have... You have 10 single families, you have 10 roofs, you have 10 sewer lines, you have 10 ferns. Right. The problem, or the con, the pros and cons are, you know, the the pro of multifamily is just what I explained. The con is trying to find those properties is very difficult because everybody wants them. Okay. So they're hard to find priced right and where they cash flow. Whereas single families, you can find them more prevalent, you can find them much quicker, and you can accumulate single families a lot quicker than you can multifamilies. So... Again, which direction do you go? Right. Like, I'll buy both. I'll buy multis. I'll buy singles. Um, I will do flips. I don't do much wholesaling every once in a while if I get too many projects going on. And we have a home for a project that we don't want to do, but someone else can make money on. We're going to sell it to them. Okay. Um, there's also lending opportunities. How can you make money in real estate and not even touch a hammer, not even buy a property, never even put it in your name? Never take ownership of it. Never rent it. You can lend money to investors like myself. So I have many private lenders that lend me money, and I pay them anywhere from 8 to 15%. It's a pretty good return. I use the money short term. I make a whole bunch of money off of their money. I pay them back. They're happy to relend it to me. Gotcha. Okay? Gotcha. Very good. Very good. So now I said out of all these, out of which rich niche is your favorite, bitch? Mm. Oh, Whoa, show oh, like homie. that. Homie, don't please. I had to throw that in there at the end. That was good. I would say my favorite would be... I don't have a favorite, to be honest with you. I like, I do like buy and hold long-term in a good area. Gotcha. Okay? Those deals are hard to find because they tend to be in such demand that you overpay for them. Um, I like flips. Okay. What I don't like about flips is... The amount of taxes you pay on that money. Gotcha. Because you know, I'm in a higher income tax bracket. So any money I make, I'm giving away a lot of it back to Uncle Sam. But I do like flips. Okay. All right. Sir, we got 30 seconds. What else yeah, you want to say? 30 seconds. Uh, just do it. Yeah, don't, don't, don't hold back. Get out there and buy something safe. Buy something that's low stress. Get a good mentor. Build your team. Pick the niche you want to hang with and pick something that's uh, that's going to be easy for the first deal. There we go. All Al right. Alex, thank you very much. Thank you. Guys, we will see you next time.